If you wish to be the king of the jungle, it's not enough to act like a king. You must be the king. There can be no doubt. Because doubt causes chaos in one's own demise. As I get a little older, I realize life is perspective. And my perspective may differ from yours. I want to say thank you to everyone that's been down with me. All my fans, all my beautiful fans. Anyone who's ever gave me a listen. All my people. I come from a generation of pain will murder his minor Rebellious and more jealous, a chip you for designer Belt buckles and cloud overzealous and prone to violence Make the wrong turn, be your will of the will alignment Residue burn, missed at an inner city Miscommunication to keep homo detector busy No protection is risky, desensitized, I vandalize pain Covered up and camouflage, get used to hearing arsenal rain Analyze, risk your life, take the charge Homies don't fuck your baby mama once you hit the yard That's culture, 23 hour lockdown Then somebody called, said your little nephew was shot down The culture Involved. I done seen niggas do 17, hit the halfway house, get out and get his brains blown out, looking to buy some weed, car washes played out, new GoFundMe accounts to proceed, a brand new victim, a shatter those dreams, the culture. Yo, yo, I actually had to start off that this uh, pod with that actually uh, song because, I mean, it's just uncultured bias and I felt like, you know, it was only appropriate. Uh, Audrey Lord once wrote, if I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. I couldn't think of a better quote than this one when evaluating the latest work from Kendrick Lamar, an artist whose lyrics and stance and overall position has been overly critiqued, analyzed, and broken down more than any of its current contemporaries. A brilliant lyricist who has been pushed out as a thought leader for the culture. Whether this is done by his purpose or the label placed on him by society can be debated. But what cannot be denied is that the crown of hip-hop's king had been placed firmly on K-Dot's head. Well, heavy's the head that wears a crown. And on this album, Kendrick acknowledges this heavy burden of someone who's relinquishing the expectations placed upon him. At the top of this podcast, I played a scene from a Guy Ritchie movie called The Gentleman, where he describes the rule of the jungle. Well, in the field of hip-hop, the same rules apply. The bravado is your shield, your ego is your armor, and your wordplay is your sword. To be the king of this thing is to constantly assert your dominance and supremacy. This is what in the conventional thinking is for hip-hop king. This album, to me, not only represented his most introspective and honest body of work, but if I were to describe this album in one word, I would say release. A release of the traditional character of hip-hop's king, a release of societal expectations, toxic relationships, trauma, family, and destructive cycles of abuse and rearing, and ultimately angst of being everything to everybody. The freedom from setting down those burdens is palatable on this album. I absolutely love this album from start to finish. 
I felt like it was listening to a novel, at the very least a set of essays, much akin to reading James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time. Meaning that while reading it, or in the case of listening to a certain track independently, may seem like random offbeat or out of narration focus, but strung together will produce a consistent story and perspective. One thing that's clear, this album is a display of someone who has or is going through therapy, which is also beautiful because he normalizes the importance of seeking therapy when clouded with the world's problems on your head. Think about it. A rich and famous young man in his mid-30s who has just had his second child who is engaged and considered the voice of a generation whose words are parsed into sections of meaning, meaning would face the onslaught of sex expectations. He's the prime person for therapy. In texting some of my friends, their initial reaction to the album, some weren't feeling it, at, at least initially, and it wasn't what they expected to others. Some didn't even like it. But here's the thing. That was fine. Because when evaluating something so personal, it may not apply to you. Therefore, I didn't argue if that person was necessarily feeling it or should they feel it, because truthfully, you may not be in the space to fully embrace an album dealing specifically with insecurities, mental health, and family trauma. But for someone such as myself, who's actually currently in therapy and appreciates the steps that therapy has brought me, I found it honest. I found it uncomfortable. I found its heart. I found it represented the complicated symphony of the human emotion. I mean, I found the album phenomenal. But listen, it's just my opinion. And although I feel passionately about this album, I brought on people on here who are going to give their thoughts on the album and, you know, essentially what the culture was waiting on. But I just want to add this. The hardest part about being the king of the jungle is that your heart has to be into it. Welcome to Uncultural Bias Podcast. My name is Kamar Williams. I am your host. On our show, we say that culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. After all, culture is just another way to discover. We are uncultural, we are biased, we are black. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, we used to say to everybody who actually listens on Apple to please, please, please uh, rate the episode, give a five-star rating, and also, um, you know, give a little commentary. That's how Apple grades their algorithms. Um, everybody, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, even on the website or whatever, uh, please, please, please share, share. Could we say sharing is caring? Um, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors this week as Coleman Law. Um, you can reach them at 850-597-2990. They help you with um, business and tax and everything in between. Um, if you're market for real estate, contact Keystone Global Real Estate at 407-680-8510 or KeystoneGlobalRealEstate.com. And of course, if you're in the market for estate planning, probate, or real estate, all that uh, wonderful stuff, please contact uh, Smith & Williams Trial Group. You can reach us at 888-798-4529 or 888-SWTGLaw. And of course, at info at SWTGLaw.com. All right, brilliant. So I'm now going to bring on uh, a couple of my people, uh, starting off with, let's start with Rob. You still with me? Yep, I'm with you, Cam. All right, Rob, everybody knows who you are, Rob Foster, once again. What's up? Once again, it's What's on. happening? Um, Kenneth. Kenneth yes, Nicholas. I'm here. Yes, my boy, Ken. And... We're going to bring on somebody new on this pod is Joshua, man. This young man, I've, you know, I actually met him in a barbershop. I know you like, Kamara, why are you going to the barbershop? But it's for reasons like this because, um, you know, you had to meet interesting people. And we, like, I think, Josh, we share the same barber. And um, yeah. we were like, we got into like a hip hop conversation. And I was like, oh, I like this. I like this guy. I like where his head is at and stuff. So um, I you know, got his information and I, you know, I wanted him on the pod, man. So welcome, Josh. 
Uh, appreciate y'all for having me, man. I appreciate it. Nah, man. And listen, I just want to say, Josh is actually not only is he just joining the podcast, just uh, just give us musical opinion, but he also is an artist um, who's actually toured with some people like Earl, Earl the Sweatshirt, um, Ben Staples, um, you know, at KRS One. So you know, um, and he's doing his thing as an independent artist right now. So um, you know, we'll make sure at the end everybody can, can find your music. To locate you, but yeah, once again, thank you for being okay. on the pod. Well done, no, I'm excited to to rap with y'all about this body work, man. Yeah, man. So I I want to like let everybody know, um, Rob and Ken, we have not spoken about this album. <laughs> I purposely, I purposely, didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear you guys' opinion until the pod. So I don't know what they're gonna say. I don't know what their opinions are on this. And so it could be lively or whatever like that. So I'm going to start off with Rob. What is your opinion <laughs> on the album, sir? All right. So I know we're going to get deep dive into it. So I'll give you the um, quick, quick version real quick here. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that we don't <laughs> talk about this beforehand. And we just so you're just as surprised as everybody else. Um, all right. Mr. Morale. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. go. Oh, man. I'm excited to hear this. Oh, my God. This is all right. I preface this by saying Okay. Kendrick Lamar, this is a good album. Okay. It's not great to me. Okay. 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 Now, with that being said, Kendrick's good. It's better than ninety percent of everybody's great, right? It's a okay. different game. It's a different game he's playing. Exactly, exactly. There's a whole another standard. There's a, there's a bar. There's a LeBron James type level bar that I hold him to because I consider him one of, if not the greatest artist of this generation. Okay. So I hold him to a certain level. Um. I thought that this is a very good album. I say good because everything that you said in your opening cam about the 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 therapy session, the the introspection, the the real, you know, the honesty behind the bars, which is classic Kendrick and and what he's giving us in in his honesty and it's just such a a personal diary. I like to call this album is a personal diary for him was very interesting to hear. And I like it because from one sense, it's like, wow, I, I can't believe how much he opened up about himself, his family, his, you know, his personal demons, his personal biases. Mm-hmm. He opened up about all that. I only put it that good though, because how long will I enjoy that, listening to that? Mm. That's fair. At some point, I'm thinking about six months from now, a year from now, mm. I want, I still want to be entertained. Mm. And That's a good point. That's a good point. This album does a great job. It's great discussion pieces, mm. amazing discussion pieces. You can have a conversation on every track. Straight up, I that I I I own up to that. You can have a conversation on every track, but 
six months from now, when I'm just riding in my car, it's not going to be the first Kendrick album I go to. Okay. So I'll leave it there. We'll go into more detail yeah, later, yeah, but yeah. that's that's my initial thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, Ken. I, as of today, I've listened to the album three times. So it came out Friday. Mm-hmm. Only three? That's crazy. Only, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you why. I don't, well, we get that. Only three. Not because it's bad. It's because it's, it's an amazing body of work. Like it is phenomenal to the point where, you know, you go, wow, who in this rap game, quote unquote, can do what he just did. Now I agree with Rob in the sense of, yeah, this ain't a, as the kids are called it, this ain't a bop. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't that. Okay. But, Kendrick is like, what, eight, nine albums in, if you count his previous album, the un, unreleased joints. And then un- overly dedicated and all that. Yeah. Overly, yeah, I'm saying. So he's about eight albums in, eight or nine albums total in, right? Um, most rappers don't have three great albums, let alone three good albums. Mm-hmm. And he's given me, I'm not going to say the world, but he's given me eight great to phenomenal albums and this one is a phenomenal album because when i listen to it i'm like man i get it you know mm-hmm. if you grown you know adult, some of those tracks you've been through yeah you know, you've been through some of that stuff he's talking about yeah. on the record if you like if you've gone through life you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah you've gone through it you know what i'm saying um but i listened to it tonight it came out okay me and the wife we listen to it and it's a heavy list i just have you know and uh, that that's a word to use yes for sure. <laughs> yeah yeah it's heavy yeah it's it's really heavy yeah so not you know every day in a heavy day <laughs> yeah yeah you know every day in a heavy day so i can understand why Rob, when you say it's good because six months from now, it may not be what you, it may not be the first one you go to. Right. 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 It may not be the first one you go to, but I say 30 years from now, somebody's going to pop this album in. That's, you know, 21, 28, mm-hmm. 16, and be like, wow. So when I say phenomenal, it's because I know this album is going to last. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's been it, it's it's the lasting factor for me that says this is what this is it. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think it's 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 phenomenal in the sense of this is a piece of work, art that's gonna live on forever. And you know, again, it ain't I wouldn't listen to it every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not every day, but it's, right, it's right. I think it's amazing. Right. Thanks, Ken. Josh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so I've listened to it about five times. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've listened to it about five times since it's been released. Um, my first initial listen, I was with a group of people, and uh, we were at the we were at the studio space, and like it was me and like maybe like four or five of my like closest friends, and so I, I feel like yeah, that experience listening to it the first time each time I get a different, I get a different feeling. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but where I always end up, at least thus far, is that it, it's it's uh, I'm just not sure how he's able to continue to do this. <laughs> like, like I don't know, like where what reservoir he's tapping into. Whether you like it, whether you rush, yo, whether you like it, whether you you know love it, the the common denominator is that it's always going to be he's always going to deliver something that is just timeless and and great and it might be something that like might not be recognized at the moment as like you know I, like, it's cool but like as time I you know might go on. It's just, it's, it's like, it's just adds to like this fucking phenomenal catalog. Right. And, um, you know, I think the album is great. Like I, I, but I, I always like, I had a conversation with a friend of mine like yesterday and he was like, we can't even, we can't even say like, we can't, we can't rate it from like good to bad. It gotta be from like great to least great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kendrick, it gotta be great to least great. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, for me. I, and I, I guess for me, I also listen to it from like, I guess like a musicality standpoint where like, where like what Rob said, like, am I going to be bumping this shit for real? Like six months from now, I, to me, I felt like the, while the content was just, there was so much to unpack there and the lyricism, you know what I mean? It's just it, a one. I think my only thing, my if there was an issue that I did have with the album would just simply be the production. I felt like the production could have been, you know, when I when I think about Kendrick albums, I, when I think about September Butterfly, fuck that. I think about September Butterfly and the musicality aspect of that. Yeah, it's like yo, like that's a bar that like nobody. I mean, not not saying anybody can't, but like Jesus Christ, like that is like the epitome of just like a one musicality and just like it's crazy. The production, you know, Good Kid, Mad City as well, and Dem, and even Section Eighty. We can we can go into this, that. We can. I want to go into like those albums in comparison for to sure. this one. In, in, for most, sure, in, you know, in comparison like, to this, right? Because because like, I feel like you have to evaluate like mm-hmm. this album through the prism of like in the in the body of his previous work. Like you can't Thanks. grade it. It's like Kendrick is. It's like LeBron. Like you got to grade LeBron against his seasons. You can't grade LeBron against other against people. anybody else. Right. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's like you're not even. Like, what are you comparing to? You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, right. and so, like, right. it's, I feel like that's the important. So we can go mm-hmm. into that. But one thing I will say, and Rob knows this about me, I love albums not only challenge you, but yep. I also love albums that keep a consistent theme and a narrative throughout. And one thing I appreciate about this album is that it was consistent in his theme. You didn't, you didn't listen to like track one and then you get to the final track on, uh, on Mr. Morale and you'd be like, yeah, none of that shit made sense. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like it <laughs> yeah, actually, right, right. it literally, it started off, you know, with, with a track called, you know, start off grief, you know, mm-hmm. and then it ended on the album, the entire, you know, uh, listening and ended on mirrors. Right. And I just want to put this out there before yeah, we get into yeah. it. Like Kendrick, literally, if you look at it, every song, like even the placement of it, was a story that led to mirrors. Like it was fascinating. Like yeah, like yeah. like I cry together was a like a little battle, was a little battle between literal battle between him and you know 
his his woman, and the next song is what Purple Hearts. Mm-hmm. Like I just came out of a war. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so <laughs> yeah. he, he, he just named it Purple Hearts, right? right. right? You know, and so like even the, the uh, like again like thematically like I I looked at the album and I'm like, all right, I liked Mr. Morale more than Big Steppers, but then I thought mm-hmm. to myself. Well, that was there was a reason for that, because Mr. Morale was kind of like it was not chaotic. It was very, um, you could tell it was going through growing pains. Even we worldwide steppers, he's like uncomfortable. Like he's talking about fuck the white bitch. Like it, all this stuff is like really he's just talking, and he's like he's getting his thoughts out. Okay. But you look think about how Mr. Morale starts. It talk about breakthrough, just like therapy. Like that's yeah. how the album. That's how the second. Half an album breakthrough. So, like, in order to get to the other side of it, he had to go through the uncomfortable. He had to go through, you know, the uh, united grief. He had to go through die hard. He had to go through, you know, dealing with his father. You know what I mean? And and the trauma of like, which I want to get into that song, which is a, it was a phenomenal song. But like, he had to go through all that in order to get through the breakthrough. So then you get to the second half of the the listening, and like the the second half, all of it is about growth. Think about it. the second half of the mm-hmm. album. Everything is about growth. You know what I mean? Like from him, like you know, on "Count Me Out," he's like, you know, he finally acceptance. You know, he, he accepts himself. Crown. He's talking about not being the, you know, not can't please everybody. Can't please. I can't please everybody. You know what I mean? You know, savior. He's talking about like you know, I'm not your savior. Like he's come to this peaceful in this peace within his album that is fascinating, and then he deals with stuff with his mother. And then at the end of the mirror, he was looking at it and he's talking to himself and he's like encouraging himself. It's like, it was like a, it was an encouraging song. It wasn't like, damn, I'm like depressed. It was like, damn, like, no, I'm happy. I'm happy about I where I'm me. at. I choose me. Yeah, I made it through that. I made it through all that. Yeah. I choose me. And I was like, damn, that's, like you listen through it one through, you know, one through 18. You're like, Jesus, this is like, I went through an entire novel with this person. His character arc and this, in his album was phenomenal. And that's why I wanted, I just wanted to highlight that to where I felt like it was important. I don't know if you guys caught all that. Did you guys catch that? You know, it, it, the the way you've articulated it resonates with me in a way now. Like when I listen back to it, I'll be able to really go into this next listen with that in mind. Yeah. There's, there was um levels of that. Sure. That you can, you know, once you hear it and, and you're actually like intentively listening to it, you, 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 you'll be able to pick it out, but just hearing it, you know what I mean? Just your breakdown of it, it just almost makes it it's like fuck, man. Like every album of his, and I we we're gonna get that into that in yeah. a little bit, but it's just crazy, man. The narrative, the narrative and the and just the, the theme of this record and, and what he's constantly able to do with every album. I I like I envy it, but in like the greatest way possible. Right. Like, right. Damn like, was it's, insp- like that. It's, it's so inspiring. Yeah, damn. Damn was like was, that. The track yeah. listing was I mean the first track all the way down to the last one if you flip it you can play it backwards remember you can play it backwards and play it flows backwards. like right like it never, exactly like, it was like, literally going so, from like this it was like the, this either it was like descent to yeah, ascension it's, 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 or, or yeah. right and you know just like a man who's kind of going through like just the this you know it's, it's crazy like oh yeah. god like because crazy. that night um <laughs> wife my wife because my wife was like hey I know the album's coming out. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to need you to wake me up at midnight so we can do this listen through together. So I, I woke her up. 
she had and what we do is whenever whenever there's an album we want to listen to we'll both listen to it separately but at the same time she has her headphones on i have my headphones on and by literally after the first track we both paused and said this is different <laughs> literally after the first track we i looked at her she looked at me and she said oh this is different yeah or you know or, and then by track seven we we're both like you i'm, I'm kind of tired because there's a lot going on in these songs like it's heavy. you have to like yeah bro it's yeah, so like, heavy you, you gotta listen yeah right yeah and then like cam said um father like father time hit me different i don't know because i'm a dad i know i'm josh i don't know if you're a dad but i know rob and kamara fathers no nah, no nah, it, it hit me different from being a son mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and there you go um, the being like um like that song was instantly my favorite but also instantaneously i knew i couldn't listen to it I can't listen to it every day that's why i can't listen because, to it all right right <laughs> because it was a real personal like it just like that's my life you know what i mean like whoa that's yeah you know what i mean like ah bro. like it, it really wasn't a mirror you know what i mean yeah I mean, like <laughs> like but it was somebody speaking you know what i mean like my experiences but which was also theirs you know and and in a way that's that's cool like this like this cloth that kind of connects like all of us specifically black men and women and, and you know what i mean in general like you know because I looked to my man. I'm like, yo, boom. They they told me the same shit. Like, man, Father Time. Boom. My brother, you know, yeah, Father Time. I can't even really. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And it's just like, wow. Like, man, like that record was, ah, uh, man. It's so beautiful, but it's so, like, pain. I mean, come um, on. I didn't know if you were going to go you, you, song. You know what I mean? So, I didn't mean to cut. No, 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 no. We, we, we riding out, bro. Like, it's cool. Like, I mean, like, honestly, I'm going to speak on Father Time, man. Like, for me, Father Time was was just an incredible record for this particular reason. Um, Oftentimes, we hear the the, the characters like you're a hip-hop artist. Like, my father wasn't in my life. and You know what I mean? But, like, this one is like my father is in my life. And he's taught me things Mm -hmm. that helped me, but it's also hurt me as far as creating relationships and become a better man. And... That in itself, we don't always often talk about like how like yeah we we're thankful for our parents for them being in our lives, but then we don't talk about like yeah but they also did some like shit where like I'm still kind of that ain't cool that ain't cool <laughs> like I'm for me as a as a father like I have to set down the bag of some of the things that my parents did that I'm like I'm uh-huh. appreciative then I'm like you know but we're not doing that over here you know yeah and you have to like get through that certain space of like I appreciate the things that they did. But I also understand that they did some things where it's kind of it it set me back a little bit emotionally. You know what I mean? And mm. those are the things that I felt like I felt like this record was so incredible because it really pinpointed like that thing of, you know, you can't cry when you're a man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Or his father you fall, or, get back up. Yeah, fall, get back up. Your father, Burr. your father, you know, he he lost his mom. He went back right back to work. He didn't even grieve. So then they don't be- trust nobody but your mom and them. Don't that trust was the realest shit. <laughs> yeah, I hear that shit all the time from my dad. Yo, he right. always be on that shit. Like trust no one but your but your mom. And, but then it's like, how do you expect to like build create relationships? Or how do you expect to start a family like that? You if you mean? don't trust like, nobody, <laughs> yeah. Hey, like how do you like how you know what I mean like 
that, and that's why I was like, when I heard that record on on the Big Steppers one, like I was like, this is the record. Like yeah. I know, pe- I know people yeah. were talking about "Cry Together," and we can talk about that. But I felt like mm-hmm. "Father," "Father Time," "Father Time" was, was like one. was the record. I was like, Jesus, this man is this the one. This is the one. I was like, this dude's brilliant. That's why I was like, I just kind of like yeah. I sat back in my seat and because I was listening. You know, I, I went in from my room. I, I closed the door, um, and I just kind of put my headphones on and and I just kind of like zone out and listen to music and lay back yeah. on my couch in my room and just zone out and. I sat there and I had to like pause it afterwards. I was like, "Shit!" Like this is, I, and I played, I replayed that song again, you know, because of what it was, what he was talking about, you know, right. and it, and he was being honest about like I'm, I got some growing up to do, you know. But that Kanye right. Drake right. line was like, I guess I'm not as mature as I thought. It was like that was like a that was a bar. That really was a bar. Yeah. That, that right there was uh, the bar right there. Yeah, yeah, that was the bar for sure. Like, yeah, like yeah, man. You know, like we, my wife, like she when she listened to it, we were both finished. She looked at me with the look, like, mm, yeah, mm, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe you got some of these, uh, maybe you do some of these things that you might want to, right, not do, like tell them not right. to cry and tell them what you're crying for, or and man up, get and, up, yeah, man mm-hmm. up and be tough, yeah. And then you know, you sit there and you go, man, if I am I doing my son a disservice. That's, mm. But that's a real. That's a and. But think about it. Think about an artist that can bring that out of you, to bring that out of you to make you sit like, damn, like, man, right. am I really? Yeah, that's that's the genius in there. Like to bring that out of you to make right. you force you look internally in your own self. That's where I was like, this is this is an incredible record. Incredible. My favorite part record. of that song is he even like shots out dudes who didn't have their fathers in their lives and said, hey, you know you you made it, but you still can do better. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, like, it was just like he hit everybody. And if you don't get any type of feeling from this song, these any of these songs, then I can't do that for you. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> I, can't help you, I don't know what kind of like fucking magician type mag- magic trick we got to do on you niggas that don't feel nothing from this shit. Yeah. But <laughs> some type of fucking, uh, some you type feel of something. Yeah. yeah, man. Like, there's something here for everybody. I think that's what um, I was talking to my brother about this earlier. I think there's something here for everybody, you know. And um, Kendrick, man, is like, I said this the other day. I think he's hip hop's wildest dream. Mm. You know, he has a lyricism of the three stacks, the 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 politics of a public enemy. You know, he the 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 mainstream and like the commercial aspect of like, you know, going on records that like, you know, are considered bops and doing it better than like Future would or better than Uzi right. would or better than uh you know what I mean, who you who you think, you know, traditionally would rock over those records. Right. But still be able to have, you know, a message, a theme, something that's gonna that you look at is like progression within just this, this genre of ours, this art, and just art period. It's just like, bro, like I don't, you know, it's hip hop's wildest dream to me. Yo, I think like, like, he, like that's everything that hip hop wanted it to be. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's embodied in this one, in this one artist. He's literally what the, uh, an, an MLB play or a scout would call like five tool player. Like he's yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Five yeah, tool yeah. player. Like it's like, a, it's crazy. Like he can do, he can do a, a, a club joint. He could do a bop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He could mm-hmm. do something that 
like a black empowerment, social issue. And then he can do something like right. make you look inside. Like, I don't even know, like, am I, am I operating right? Like that's the thing about Jay-Z. He did four, four, four. And he did that right. in his 40s, 50s. He did that in his 50s. <laughs> and, and his and what, his 12th studio album or right. whatever that was? Like, for him to make an album like this at 34. Like, and and he's barring niggas up. Yeah, it's not yeah. even like like pop. It's like they used to try to use the pop. You know, man, I love I love Tupac. But I think that the level of technicality that Kendrick, Kendrick is like, <laughs> it's like, yo, you're like, you're like everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're every, yeah. you're able to take every aspect of, like, all of the greats, right? And, like, really figure out a way to hone in on that and make it your own and level the shit up. Like, it's, I don't, I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's Rob, what do you crazy. think? Just watching it in real time. I want to touch on, we've focused a lot on the lyricism, and I agree 100%. I mean, yeah. Three stacks, Kendrick, pick your poison. Right. Like it's yeah, facts. The, the lyricism stands alone. Is it? Is it? Is there's no argument from me there right. whatsoever. Gotcha. I do want to switch over to sonically how okay. this album sounds. Okay. Okay. Um, I have to say, no doubt, and I'm glad you played the heart to start the uh, podcast, Cam. Yeah. Because, and we talked about this. I thought the heart and with the title, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, I thought we were going to get sonically a throwback, old school, big band, you know, Harlem Renaissance type of sound in the album. Um, we start out with a Marvin Gaye sample on the heart. Right. So um, I was like, oh, if this is going to be the sound of the album, Oh, I am all the way in. Like I told my wife and my wife is an old school fanatic yeah. to the core. We have a, we have an old school record player in our house right. with mm -hmm. old school records. So we, you know, she got excited about it as well after hearing the heart. And I have to say, and again, this is why I put it to good. I was a little disappointed sonically mm -hmm. with okay. the album. Mm -hmm. Me too. Like, in a way, yeah. Like, as far as the music and the, that's why I touched on the musicality of it. But for sure, mm -hmm, for sure. mm -hmm. yeah, just the 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 musicality of it the, wasn't. What, the, it wasn't the same we, as as to Pimp a Butterfly. But I want to I want to talk about why that that's hard to do in a second. But I mean, a moment. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. And, the musicality wasn't what Pimp a Butterfly was. Because in the past, with Pimp a Butterfly. Good Kid, Mad City, damn, we've we've always gotten the lyrics. Yeah. Okay, that's that's mm -hmm. par for the course for Kendrick. We always got the lyrics, right. but he also took those lyrics and turned them into bops, and he also took those lyrics and turned them into into uh into bangers that you can turn the bass up in your ride, right? And 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 bounce to, and everything. And I wanted a little more of that. I did. I did. Okay. Because after after the lyricism is after I've gathered what I've gathered from all the lyrical content, which in itself I'm I still haven't completely figured everything out. Wifey pointed out to me the other day on um I think it's on United. Uh, he has a bar about um about uh Black Panther. 
Um, Chadwick. God, Chadwick. There's a bar. There's a bar in, in United where he's talking. When he's talking, when he mentions, uh, he FaceTime with Chadwick before he died. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Uh, uh, before he left his body. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even. I didn't even catch that. Like, and I listened to it like three times, and United I never caught grief. the ball. And what was it? United in grief. Because we yeah, were all, everybody United was, in grief. Everybody was grieving, and, and it's like it's like th- those particular things. Like it's layered, right? It's layered. That title right. is layered. Even like because we everybody still feels it. Like you know Chadwick passing, and right. you know. So yeah, so like lyrically, yeah. this is in 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 I compare it to to, to Pimper Butterfly because um Cam we've talked about. That was a slow burn for me. Yeah. I didn't catch to pimp a butterfly at first. Yeah. Over time, I listened to it more and more yeah. and it grew on me. Yeah. I'm wondering if this album will do the same thing to me. I actually think it's going to do that for a lot of people, honestly. I yeah. think so. Because I kind of got the feeling like the initial thoughts are there. But if you come at me a year from now, and say, how do you feel about the album? I might say it's my favorite, my favorite Kendrick album. Right. Who knows? Right. Who knows? But off of, off of right here, right now, two days after the album came out, it's a really, really good album. Lyrically top tier, an emotional story, an, an emotional diary. But sonically, I, I kind of want to hear how y'all felt sonically about the sound that we got from can, the album. Can I as challenge well. you on the heart though? Can I challenge you yeah. on the heart? Mm-hmm. Um I do agree. I you know, I was there was a hope that's like, okay, maybe it's gonna go into that 70s, you know, yeah, that 70s vibe. Like um sidebar but kind of related. One of the reasons why I love that American gangster, Jay-Z's American gangster, because it's very yeah. much sonic the music. It, the music yeah. the musicality of the certain songs are so good to the point where I hated certain songs on that album, like Hello Brooklyn, because it took away from the musicality of, you know what I mean, <laughs> of the entire, of the scope of the album. Because when he stayed in the pocket of using 70s rhythm and, mm-hmm. and, and melodies, the album really goes. It really, really goes. You know, and so right. I was like, oh, okay. I thought, yes, I agreed that I thought that was going to happen, but I'm going to challenge you on this. See, the thing with the Heart series, I've always, I felt, and, um, and when I stepped back and I listened to it, I thought about it. The Heart series always told you where Kendrick's head was at. So instead of listening to the musicality of it, listening to the lyrics of what he was doing, it always told you where his head was at at the time prior to a release or during a release of an album. So when I looked at the heart, when I looked at the lyrics of the Heart, it was very much an introspective record. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everything was internalized, an internal record, an internal recollection of how he sees the world. And then even to the point where he puts himself in Nipsey's shoes and he's talking first person. Like, right, and right. so like if you take that theme and you move it to this album, it coinlines with not take out the musicality of like the, you know, seventies beat, but it coinlines what exactly what he was doing in this album. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's going to that level of introspection that that is where he's telling you he's going. And that's why I said the heart is at the heart of where he's going. At. That's where it is in his heart right now. That's why I, th- I believe he names these things the heart. That's that's real, as because I I agree. But I also will say like when the heart part three came out, part four and even this and well heart part three and part four. Yeah, because he kind of he kind of threw like a curveball with the heart part five. I think for three and four, um, 
production wise, when you heard similar. the album, it was similar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So not only was it where his headspace was at, but it was also musically what what you know. But that could also be, you know, maybe us kind of like, or me at least, I could speak for myself. Maybe I'm just like thinking, like, man, maybe it, it was never that. Maybe it was always just about where his head is where his mind is and and lyrically what to expect from this upcoming body of work right my my thing um, with the with the heart i've never i've never put them together with his albums right i always put mm-hmm. them i always i've always after even part i've always put them separately because first of all they come out they come out the blue yeah yeah right yeah yes he has an album coming out but sometimes they just come out the blue and then that's when the album usually like with part four part four it came out and then the album dropped. Right. Like, right. Right. You know, the album was like delayed or whatever it was when with damn. But part four came and then and I think what we're doing with the heart is, well, one, what I did was I didn't put any expectation. That's what I think. On yeah. on what I on what the album was gonna be. Yeah. Because for sure. For sure. as I've gotten older in my life, I don't have expectations for anything. Because I don't want to be disappointed. So if I go in with nothing in mind, that's how I felt. Yeah, I take what I can get. Because again, I already knew, like Rob said, the lyrics they gonna be there. Right, right. right. The lyrics are always gonna be there. That's never the content always gonna be there. Um, I had a conversation with my younger brother. He was like, "Kendrick don't listen to the radio." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he said, "If you listen to if you listen to this the, the the music." He goes, it sounds like nothing we've heard before. Yeah, he doesn't. Li- he doesn't listen to like, and that's what, that's what's so great about it. He can tell he ta- he he walks away from convention. Yeah, yeah. His, his contemporaries, his people. Oh, it sounds like nothing, because again, if you go through every any of those tracks, right? Yeah. You go, hmm, which one of these could be played on the radio? And, I'm not, and yeah. I'm not even talking about like just the content. I'm talking about which one of these songs, and maybe I think is is it Die Hard? Die Hard I, might be the I only think, one. I think Die Hard. Not, there's Die Hard. I think Silent Hill, Silent Hill, Hill and, Kodak, and um, Rich yeah. Spirit. And Rich Spirit is like crap. Ah, man, which Rich Spirit is going to get a lot of burn on okay. West Coast radio? I think so. Sure. But but is that a, is it, are they is it top forty? It's going to be on the urban station. You know what I'm saying? Where good point. Damn, good point. Where damn, every track on damn was on the top forty station, right? Right. You know what I'm saying. So he he, right, right, he hit right. that top forty market. And and Cam, you correct me if I'm wrong. You graded you've graded against damn because of that, haven't you? I did. Yeah, I'm actually playing Rich, Rich mm. right now. I actually play. I actually. I and for me, I didn't like. And for me, I didn't like. Damn, damn is my it, second. Damn is my second favorite album. And behind Good Kid, Mad City. Yep. And you know why? Yep. Because there was a lot of more commercial songs on both Damn and, Commer- and Good Kid, Mad City. And and with with Damn, he, I got the, I still got the lyrics. Yeah. I still got the lyrics. Yeah. But I got the, but I got but the head bobbers too. I got the head knockers with them too, though. Right. With the lyrics, and I got the vibes. I got the, I got so many vibes with Damn. And and that's why it's up there as my second favorite Kendrick album. So that's real. I can I can understand that. And actually, it's interesting because there are, there are different types of Kendrick people, right? There are people who look at like Good Kid, Mad City, and Damn as their favorite albums, and there are people like myself who like To Pimp a Butterfly is by and far his best body of work. 
you know and then so i think the people who look at to pimple butterfly as his best body of work will look at this particular album as like okay because i feel like it's a cousin to, to pimple butterfly definitely i feel like it's definitely a cousin, sure. you know and i and so that's why i look at it like you know um i evaluate it through a, a, a the prism of this is a phenomenal thing let's look at let's talk about the albums let's talk about let's just talk about and we can go back to certain tracks on this thing because i'm going to let this this um album ride out you know while we're, while we're talking but um comparison to section 80 right mm. like where do you like i don't know i want to hear you guys thoughts on what do you think kendrick was at i have an idea but i would like to hear what you think kendrick was at mentally with section 80 when he was recording like mentally like because i because every time I he he he's the type of artist where I think to myself like where was he at, you know like what was his and to me I'll just start it off because I'm I, I'm the one to pose the question. I look at it as somebody who was a young kid. Um, he's coming off overly dedicated. It's his, you know, and it's he's still trying to get on. He's and he's you look at the album cover of Section Eighty that has what Bible drugs mm-hmm. has a bullet bullets. Right? right, right. So he's he's coming from the position of a kid who's looking at the world through the through that environment. You know what I mean? So he's he has this he he has this angst of like not only he's talking about stories from from what he grew up, but he's also looking at the world and it, there's a there's a harshness to the to way he sees the world. Like it's very much a harshness, right? And there's no right. there's it's not a it's not an album that's going to give you like, oh man, I'm really, I'm hopeful for the future. It's very much a fiery album, right? And that's the kid. And he's hungry too. And, and he's, he's hungry and too. And he's hungry. Because he's not, um, he's not Ken, he's not the Kendrick that we, he's not no. that yet. No. So like there's a, I think there's a level of like, um, I would say passion. Trying to get on. Also, aggression. Right, he's there's trying aggression to get on, right? in his rhymes. There's also, also, it's like rough around the edges still, you know what I'm saying? There's still like some polishing that has to happen. Right. You know what I mean? But I think, in that moment, I think he that was like fresh around the time when Dr. Dre gave him a cosign. So he's like, Oh, I'm about to uh but but that was the moment we kind of got a glimpse in where his where his mind was at. And, and that was and it. for that time too, 2011. Yeah. Nothing was like that. Actually, that I said I know I said I'm gonna play it, but I actually wanna to that point, I'm gonna play this cosign because you mentioned it. So hold on. Yeah. I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna mean this. 2011. You got the torch, nigga. You better run with it. Yeah. yeah that was the that was the snoop co-sign 2011 that you, you were talking about josh yeah um and, yeah, and, and, and the dr dre and the dr dre co-sign that's when um you know mm-hmm. and uh, uh j cole recommended um that recommended to dre that he should sign um kendrick, kendrick you know mm-hmm. but yeah mm-hmm. you, there's a hunger there's a hungry Hunger and it, there's a there's an aggressiveness in his rhymes in section eighty, um, and right. it's I think right. it's it's bred out of that environment, you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. very it's it, he mixes his you know he's he, he's showing the Bible he's showing drugs and he's showing he's showing guns and and or bullets and he said that's all from where I've once I've came from, you know what I mean? I've come from that environment and he's telling the world and I think it's evident from everything. On that, on these records, you know, facts, facts. Um, that's a fact. 
you know, but I mean, what, like, what, like, what do you think, Rob or Ken, or what do you? For me, I think like Section eighty. If we if we're go, if we're discussing Section eighty, um, that was the first time. Again, I have a younger brother, mm-hmm. so and he loved West Coast. Like he's he loved West Coast rap. Right. So he goes, "Hey man, I got this. This is kid. I want you to listen to. Um, just just listen to it. It's not your typical. It's West Coast, but it ain't West Coast. Right. <laughs> I said, all right. Um, so I listened to it and I was like, again, the first track on Section 80 is, is fuck your ethnicity. Yeah. That tells you, like, dog, I don't care about who you are. Yeah. Like, I literally don't care about where you're from because right. where I'm from, people die every day. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I'm just trying to get out of here, you know. And, and again, those songs on there, I mean, you got Keisha's song. Yeah. You got Tammy's song. You know what I'm saying? So he's he's like getting on. You know what I'm saying? He's not doing your traditional like gangster rap, I guess you would say. It's not, and it's not super conscious either. It's conscious, but he's not backpacking. No, you know right. what I mean. But he has conscious vibes on it with high power and yeah, you know with I mean? high and Ronald, power, Reagan and all that other stuff, and even Tammy's yeah. song. Like all that is like there's a there's a consciousness in there. You know, so I mean, he has a song called he has a song in it called Cushion Corinthians." Yeah, I mean, so it's like his a duality. He's like, "Yo, I want to be out in these streets, but I'm also trying to be like, I'm trying to right. not, not save everybody, but I'm trying to like, I got I got some of this Jesus in me too." Right, you know? right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's just like he's he's in between these worlds, and then when he kid Mad City. I think the thing with Good Kid Mad City is it's very, I'm going to say Dr. Dre. It's very, it's very much West Coast inspired. Yeah. Right. It's West Coast like all throughout that album. Like it's like from the tone, the the, the musicality, Rob and Josh, like everything, mm-hmm. it sounds like a wet, like for me, you know, from, from a child of the West Coast, I was like, I gravitated to, I was like, this is wow. This is great. because right. And it was, it was so different from what we've heard at that time, you know, and it was, and it was, it was Facts. crisp. Um, and yeah, again, it was, it yeah, was for sure. Yeah. And I think again, when you look at good kid, Mad city, he's, te- he's taking, he's telling tales of his neighborhood. Right. Yeah. I was, that was, that was the point I was going to make. So you would hope that it would have that sound like, you know what I mean? That, that like that West coast, that Compton influenced Dr. Dre, you know, vibe. What's cool about that album to me though, why I think it resonated with like East coast, Hip hop fans, it's just the whole world. He's able to kind of like live, and and everybody's world, but still make it his own. Still make it like, yeah, you know, uniquely Kendrick. Yeah, and I think that is, um, man, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know what I mean, because like when thing, I go ahead, no, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, go no, ahead, I, was, I, was, I was trying to think of like some records. You know, what I'm saying from that album, sing like, about me dying of thirst is, my, is the best song on that album. Yeah, right. You know, what I'm saying, and, that, and you know, that's not traditional West Coast. You know, what I'm saying that's like a that's an alternative like jazz. You know, the cadence of the mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, you don't you know you don't necessarily think I'm transported instantly to like fucking. I, I don't know. I think of like think of like Brooklyn when I hear that for some reason. Like I think of most deaf when I hear some shit like that. Right. But like the tales of his neighborhood that he was, you know what I'm saying? That he was, you know, 
speaking or, or telling the story of is it's crazy. It's so, crazy. But not yet. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. I ain't, I ain't yeah. Um, y'all hit great points. So for me, Section 80 and Good Kid, Mad City are so kindred to each other because mm-hmm. for me, Kendrick at that time, I'm not big enough to be a baller. Mm-hmm. I know about the game. I know about the gang banging game, but I don't necessarily really want to get into that. I don't think it's really me, but it's everywhere around me. So I can't help but to know about it and, and know the ins and outs of it. Um, but at the same time, I have a solid family foundation and a belief in a spirituality about me as well. And that's what Section 80 was to me, was this kid trying to figure out where is my place in amongst all this, amongst my peers, amongst my family, and and just me me as a rapper. Do I want to sound like the game? Do I want to sound like Tupac? Who am I as a rapper as well? So yeah, that was section eighty, and it blended into Good Kid, Mad City as well. well you know, you know, because now, oh, I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry, Rob. Go ahead. Uh huh. Because now in Good Kid, Mad City, he's starting to find his who he is, and he's telling these tales. And like Josh said, the way that he tells, like to me, and that's why Good Kid, Mad City is my favorite because it's a movie. It is it's a, a freaking yeah, it's a movie. It's a film. It's yeah, a film. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never felt and and, and and this is all due respect to Snoop, to Dre, yeah. to um NWA, but yeah. that film of Good Kid Mad City just really I felt like I was embraced in the West Coast and in Compton. Yeah. And he took me on the highs, the lows from riding in the car with his homeboys. And he don't really want to be in the car, but he's but he's got to be there. And one of the homeboys gets shot on a drive by. Like, come on. Right. It's a film. It's John Singleton directed. Yeah, it's John yeah. Singleton directed. Yeah. So, a24, a24 produced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's so. So that's my thoughts on those two albums. But, why? Why? I enjoy them so much and why it's such like probably one of the greatest introductions of a rap artist that I've ever had. Can I, can I just say word, this about Good Kid Mass City though? Um, and talking mm-hmm. about Sing About Me, I'm Dying for the Third. Like it's the reason I, I think that that song, everybody always talks about Money Trees. Everybody talks about, you know, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Like those are the songs that people like automatically go to. But I feel like this, that's just, that song's a crown jewel of the album because it essentially tells you what Kendrick is. Like Kendrick is telling you three different stories in that mm-hmm. song in of itself right. and that's that album was he was really telling stories from other people's perspective he talked about Aaron to follow you know what I mean like he was he mm-hmm. he was talking he was he was taking on the avatar of other people and telling their stories and right. you know what I mean? like you know continuing right. Keech's song like you know what I mean he was he was doing all that mm-hmm. in these songs like the first part of that song I think he was about his friend Dave and talking about the perspective of you know what I'm saying like you know, uh, um, remember me on this app. Remember me and talk to you. like it's. It's like a mm-hmm. weird, not. It's a fascinating viewpoint from somebody who is able to look at people's lives 
and put it on wax and tell it in such an authentic way. I think that's what people really gravitated towards that album. It felt so authentic. Like mm-hmm. to your right. point, Rob, like he was he was the reason it felt like a movie because he was taking on characters in that yep. film. So mm-hmm. um, and so to that point, in two thousand that's two thousand twelve. Ten years later, two thousand twenty two, he's not taking on characters anymore. He's mm-hmm. now he's taking on himself. On himself, right? And that's the thing that's the changeover because before he was taking he was telling stories of other people. But this one, he's not, he's not telling sto- other people's stories anymore. He's telling his own story. And I think that right, is right. where it's hard for people to relate to because it's like hard to make a movie when it's like, man, it's a deeply personal album because like, I can't relate to that. It's not, not me personally, but somebody like, yo, I can't relate to that shit. That's not my life. Or, or not even relate, but that's just, it's too singular of a focus for certain people. Like, I can't get into this. It's way too, like- too singular of a focus for me. And like right, Ken said right. earlier, if you haven't experienced life, you're not going to appreciate this album as much. Hell, even you, if you experience life, it may be like But even if you experience life, it still may not be your life. Because there might yep, people right. who be like, I, I, I can't imagine like a white, like like oh, and no, no, no discrimination, no, no despair. Yeah. I can't imagine like a white man listening to this album being like, "This is my life." Like, right. and some some of them sure like I, you know there's poor whites that have gone through you know what I mean but right. you know when I think about the brass tax you know and you know when I think about the mainstream who's buying music you know what I'm saying you know I, I can imagine people being very like this is probably going to receive the same um, and I think somebody mentioned this earlier like oh uh, Kamar you said that shit like this being took of Butterfly's cousin I feel like in this reception, it's going to be lauded because it's an incredible body of work. But I think the majority of like people are going to be like, "Oh, we just sound like damn." <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, right. like how Good Kid, Mad City was like, "Ah, ah but to remember, like, it sound like Good Kid, Mad City." Like, and that's whack. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to to an extent. Like, I you know, we can feel how we feel about sonically about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, like Rob, like I, I feel that. You know what I'm saying? Like sonically, you can recognize. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't hit on this level, but to to deny what he's what he's saying, what he's rapping about, you know, it's 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 crazy. So let me let it's me crazy. let me move it to like uh, unless can you want to add to this? But, oh no, what I was gonna say was because um, I work at a school and I, I got in my car, I'm walking through the parking lot, and I hear I hear the song being played. Right, and I go, and it's one, of, it's one of the students I know, he's 16 years old, and I said, "What do you think about the album?" He goes, "It's good." I said, "Why is it?" Because he goes, "I'm a Kendrick fan," right? And he said, "I tried to, I, I tried to be." He said, "I tried to wait up late last night, I couldn't do it, so I listen, I'm listening to it now in the car, or whatever." And he's listening to it, and he's like, "I like it," but he's saying a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an experience, and it's and it's a growth thing. Because if I was sixteen and I heard this, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck y'all. I don't know. Yeah, right, right, right. the kid the, the, yeah. Like, saying a lot of stuff, and Word. I'm gonna have to like listen to it a lot more. And I was like, yeah, I said, listen to it, listen to what he's saying, right, and go from there. So let me uh, let me just say that it's funny. Actually, um, two things here. Um, the, re- the fact that I thought this album was phenomenal because to your that sixteen year old Ken, if you if, if Kendrick was talking drug talk, talking you know what I mean boss talk, talking about party talk, that's been normalized in hip hop culture for the last 
no matter like, what age you what, are. What age? Point. And so like, yeah, to the yeah, point, yeah, we've heard yeah, it yeah. so many times. So like, it's right. like it was, it was identifiable, even if that's not your life. You're like, oh, I, I know this. I know this talk. You know what I mean? He's talking right. plug talk. He's talking, you know, talking about hoes. He's talking about like, you know what I mean? He's talking all these things that I can. I very surface. Yeah. Very lower energy. I un- resonate and I understand it. Yeah. This is not, you know, talking about therapy on a major studio album, you know, and growth is not normalized to the point where, like, if now if, this was, if people have been doing it for 20, 30 years, be like, yeah, yeah, I feel what he's talking about. But but that's not really what it is. And, I, and, and so I just want to say something, too, about this song that's playing right now purple hearts purple hearts i think it was fast it was really fascinating again we just came off listening to we cried together like listen to that song record and then he follows mm-hmm. with purple hearts and who's the person singing on the chorus summer walker who came out yeah. of a very tumultuous relationship relationship you know what yeah. i mean there's like yeah, i'm telling yeah. you it was like the placement of why he he put her on there was like yo that's crazy yo i didn't even think about that yo, <laughs> my 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 music my, my my music ears like man why wouldn't SZA on this man what's right. up T D what's up with SZA? but now that you just I'm like oh it makes bro intention bro oh that's another thing I'm sorry just real quick intentionality <laughs> man intention in your music and what you're doing it's so important like because who is who is thinking like that who right. like <laughs> like yo right. like and I that thought is the same thing Josh I was like like. Why you put SZA on there? And right. then, then I go, yeah. Oh, somewhere I know why you put Summer Walker. On. I get it's it like now. You know and now it's like Summer has some issues. She has to, right? Right. She that has more. Pa- she can sing the song better. Coming yes. out from the other side of it, because she literally has yes. Instagram post talking about, "I'm done with that. I've, I've, yeah. I've been through that. I'm tired right. of that." And so, so she, Woo. she fits the the symphony of emotions in this in this record. You know what I mean? Right. Now, just putting Ghostface on there, just a cream or creme de creme, because I mean, I'm, I'm a Ghostface what? fan. Yeah, that's just in saying, my top five. I will that's just say, saying I can I put Ghostface in anytime I want. That's what that was. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Ghostface verse when I first heard it. After like a couple listens, I'm like, okay, I appreciate what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and even in the you know, him being on that record is also interesting too. You know what I mean? When I if if we're gonna like really deep dive for real, and I this could be a reach, but I remember when Ghost was on couples therapy. <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't even catch that. But no, oh, yeah, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. There you sit. Intentionality. Intentionality. But I mean, I know, I know for sure that Summer Walker probably is the easiest. Like, oh, that makes sense why she's on this. You know, Ghost could it could just been like a stylistic ghost sounds good over those type of records ghost had that like ghost dini uh, uh the wizard of poetry where he's doing like these love songs so it just makes sense to throw ghosts on that yeah you know what i mean um and that's more like a on a like a music just what ghost face sound like what he like loves to do what he sounds good on ghost face yeah uh, bro ghost is like my <laughs> top five man ghost is like one of my favorite rappers ever so like it just you know but intentionality man it's it's what it's it's really, really giving a fuck about what you're doing and how you're doing it, man, and how you're doing it. The love that you have for it, you want to make sure that you cater it well. You want to make sure it looks good, it sounds good, it smells good. Right. Kendrick, man. Let's talk about, all right, since we're on the topic of features, let's talk about the big feature that everybody was tweeting about. (laughs) Let's talk about it. shit. Kodak. Kodak. Yeah. Kodak Black. Yo, Yak. My boy Yak. Yak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My boy Yak. Yo, when, man, I first, when I first heard the Kodak poem, right? Or the when he what out of the poem, whatever he was doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, did Kendrick just make Kodak 
great. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, yo, it's crazy how the, the thoughts are so universal. Because I was thinking the same thing. My homie was thinking, it was like, damn, he really just leveled Kodak up, right? Like, he did. Did he just raise the bar up for Kodak? I was just like, huh. Because again, I'm not the biggest Kodak fan, not because of his music, because of his action. He yes. just does yes. dumb things yes. he just that makes dumb mad. shit. And yes. I just be like, I'm done with you. I'm just right. over it. <laughs> right? Right, right. And he makes he makes musically he's alright. He's a good rapper. He makes he makes music for the people that like his music. He's not right. a terrible rapper. Now his cadence, his voice, that's on me. That's that's my personal thing. But mm. when I heard Kodak the first time, I was like, huh. Kodak. <laughs> like, yo, that's what we're doing. I, I, you know, no doubt. I, I I've been trying to believe and I'm this is reach for me. I've been trying to figure out why would you put someone like Kodak on that record, on this album twice. And I'm not a fan of Kodak. Let me just put it like I'm not a fan of like his actions. But then I'm I'm trying to figure out like is this part of like redeemability of, of a human character? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like you know I'm not gonna great fi- great fucking yes. I'm not yeah I'm not gonna sit there. He's not co-signing everything, but it's like you know it's almost like a big f you to everybody. Like we're cancel. Talk about cancel culture. Cancel, he talks about mm-hmm. that in the beginning of this record Like you know fuck cancel culture and all that And so like Kodak is literally One of the embodiments of like cause it's shit. And so like It's almost like right. I, it's a big F you to where I'm not adhering To the conventionalities of like We don't put this person on the album Because I because of Cancel culture you know if he rocks With the record I'm gonna put him on there Because the record sounds great Do I agree with it That's No I don't agree with that but you know what it's art. I don't have to agree with everything he's doing, and that's the fact right. that I don't agree with him doesn't make this album less great to me. You know, in but. fact, I think sometimes we do these things where, like, if I don't agree with something on a record, I don't agree with the art. It's not a great, it's not a great um, a, a piece of, a, a piece of art. Like, there might be a book I read, and I don't like the character in the fucking book. It doesn't mean the book's bad book. I just don't like this fucking character. It's a great read. Yeah, but it's right. A, it's a great read. But I hate but the character. Like, I hate this fucking character in this book. You know, and that's kind of where I looked at it. You know, I buy for me. I, that. I, 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 um, I agree. Like I think uh, Kodak's actions, what he, uh, what were, what he's, you know, it's it's really less about the music that he's been putting out recently, more about like. Hearing, you know, he's all involved in another shooting, and um, he's also involved, you know, sexual assault the, with the, the underage the girls. Egregious, yeah, the egregious allegation is yeah. that, right? And you know, even him bringing up like R. Kelly in this in this situation, like ever so slightly. Yeah, it's almost like um, the 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 redeemability of like just black men in general, like so- you know. He talks about R- he talks about R. Kelly, but there was a controversy with, R- with Kendrick and R. Kelly where he said, "I'm if you try to cancel R. Kelly, I'm taking my my music off of Spotify." You right, know? and then, right. and then people that. didn't like that. They're like, "Yo, like he's problematic," and you know, and it's like, he, and I'm all for he separate, yo, the I'm, art from the artist. That's artist where we're shit. at right and, now. And I'm all for like on some like, yo, fuck R. Kelly shit because that shit is disgusting, right? It, way beyond words to describe that. But um, I but think, he made some jams, y'all. But I, you know, I know but, he, I, oh yeah, 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 for but, sure, for but sure. But let's let's call it what it is—the R. Kelly thing. People say we're going to cancel R. Kelly, and I'm like, hey, 
I get it. But I'm like, do you, you guys know how much shit R. Kelly's written for other people? <laughs> a lot of people, man. Like, I mean, Michael like, Jackson. I get, hey, I mean, that, that's gonna, another controversial topic. Cancel, but, hey. Are you going to cancel Aaliyah? Like, you know right. what I mean? Because yeah, we'll her, doing, her right? early albums? Like, he, written, right, exactly. So, like, that's you know kind saying? of thing where it's I, like, I, I, where does that where does that stop? Like, okay, we're, we're going to cancel R. Kelly. We're not going to support him. Well, you know, R. Kelly's getting credits. Like, he has, like, 200 credits on different different records that you like. You know what I mean? Right. So, I think what I think what Doc might have been trying to do is speaking on the redeemability of just black men in general. Like, when, especially Kodak, who's so young, there's a lot of time to kind of, like, have this moment to... You know, we're not going to say he is going to get it right. Who's to say? But, you know, especially when it comes to us judging, judging our own, you know. We're I so think, quick to throw away. Yeah. And yeah. Quick so to quick to fuck. Exactly. Exactly. No, I can um, see that. And there was something that happened recently. Um, what was it? Damn, it was something that was like, oh, and Kevin Samuels passed away. And, you know, how everybody, you know was cheering like oh fine oh yes oh you know i mean i was on twitter and you can imagine the amount of black women i've seen just celebrating another like you know what i'm saying another a black man's death you know what i'm saying and regardless of what the opinion was i didn't agree with this nigga at all or at least not all the way you know there's some controversial things he was saying but like what like we have to be very mindful of that for sure and i'm not saying like to, to, to just like deny or accept everything because fuck that right but you know there has to be you know it can't just be like oh just completely throw this motherfucker away you know when the, the whole rest the of the world is already throwing us away regardless even if we was fucking great right. at all like we could be the purest motherfucker in the world right and i still i'm still gonna get checked by police you know what i'm saying like like where does that like you know what i mean and then it's like, okay, like uh, I think Robbie said or Kenneth said it, like, yo, when are we when are we able to um, quick to throw away and when are we able to like check like and actually like you know teach mm-hmm. you know and I think that's something that 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 um that's it's something to think about for sure. But Kodak this, did sound um, good. <laughs> oh no, okay. it sounded great. Yeah, it sounded great. That's not he a fucking record. awesome. He 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 he, he might have outshone um, Kendrick on that record. Quiet as Kendrick's hook on that shit was so hard. Right real quick, um, the Kendrick and Kodak combo. I'm gonna give you another recent combo. Twenty one Savage kind of reminded me of Twenty One Savage and J Cole. J Cole and Twenty One Savage. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Twenty One Savage actually, I just want to put it out. He's a lot more lyrical than Kodak. Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, for sure. I like that. Okay. Cole. Cole. Because remember, Cole made a point to say that he doesn't want he doesn't want the youngins beneath him to look at him like he feels like his uh, his idols looked at him. So Cole is more to reach back and say, yo, young, you know, young, young, young play in the game. Let me pull you up. Come, 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 come ride with me for a bit. Right. To the point, I, right. I saw, I saw that concert in in Twenty One Savage, where maybe I didn't know all his songs. Like he puts on, a, he put on a good show. Yeah. And word, for the people word. that were there, that were Twenty One Savage fans, they was rocking hard, yeah. and I respect that. Yeah. I respect yeah. it, and I re- and I I appreciate Cole bringing on because he Cole out of everybody he could have chose to go on tour with. He went on tour with Twenty One Savage, and they had some. They had some fire collabs though. Oh, for sure. They had some fire yeah, collabs, they do. Man. 
Yeah. Um, so I kind of looked at this like, okay, is this Kendrick also saying, hey, I know this this um, this young man is very troubled or or, you know, there's a lot of things that people question about him. This is more of a redemption story, like y'all said. This is this is me reaching back to a young man. I, I see something in him. I see something That's in him and I'm not I don't want to give up on this young brother. Come on and get on this. Get on this very, very crucial album with me. Right. Mm hmm. 100%. So I'm glad you mentioned great point, Cole. Rob. Great point, Rob. That's a great point, Rob. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned Cole, though. Um, but before we get into Cole, um, I well, let me, I was going to talk. I'm going to talk about Dependable Butterfly because we haven't talked about that yet. But let's, let's, let's stick it on Cole. This album reminded me of Cole's, you know, For Your Eyes Only. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And Rob, you know how I feel about that album. I love yep. For Your Eyes Only. I, to the point where people hate that album. People can't stand for your eyes. They only. cannot stand yeah. for your eyes only. And I'm like, you they are, say it's they say it's Cole's worst album. And I'm like, it's one of his best. <laughs> I'm like, it's one of his best albums. Like I loved For Your Eyes Only, you know, or, because or. again, it was it was an album that was unconventional, and it was very introspective. And he and he spoke through the prism of his of his slain friend, who's like, you know, is still sucking um, in Fayetteville, you know, drug dealing. All that, but it was right. it was such a personal album, you know. And even songs like you know, I want to fold clothes for you, still bop to me. Like I mean, I just love that record. I love that that record. I love that that the entire album. So that's what it remind me of. But I want to talk about so the, real. um um to pimp a butterfly and you know speaking to um Kodak Black, Silent Hill. This yeah, but um I don't know. It's weird because. I didn't expect this to be another Pimp a Butterfly. This, mm-hmm. this album. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, because I I don't think people realize, like, not you, people realize, but it, Kendrick touched on, like, black consciousness in, like, you know, to Pimp a Butterfly. Again, if Good Kid Mad City was him looking, talking through the avatar of the, uh, of, you know, the, the uh, of Gomer Up in Compton, after Good Kid mm-hmm. Mad City, he became a hip hop superstar. Would you agree with that? And, yes, so, yes. and mm-hmm. so then now as going into three years later, he's dropping to Pepper Butterfly. You know, he's talked he talked about how like how do you follow up Good Kid Mad City? And he talked to Hove and he said, I want to do something different. Hope said, if you're gonna do it, it needs to be on this album when you're gonna do something that's gonna break convention, right? And right. for him, he was like, I'm gonna go in a totally different sonic um, direction with this album and I'm gonna look outwardly. I'm going to look outwardly to like talk about black diaspora and I'm going to look at, you know, black, um, black politics. And I'm going to talk about hip- hypocrisy within, within the black intro, you know, intra black community, you know? And I don't think you're going to get any type of album like that. It's like, that's a once in a generation album. That's a once in a generation album. So to expect somebody to like, none of nobody, none of his peers have even done something like that. It came out in 2015. Has anybody even tried to attempt to even do something close to that no that's a once in a generation album and so, so to think that he's gonna put out an album like that i didn't expect it i didn't expect that because how do you can't rewrite you can't rewrite uh, uh, um an, uh, an incredible novel like you know what i mean like that's that's something that's gonna stand the test of time in of itself and so that's where i i, I felt like it was almost an unfair criticism like to, to compare again, we're talking about LeBron seasons. Like how you, like LeBron's. I think LeBron's best season to me was probably two thousand. Was it? I would say two thousand eighteen. 
because that that Cavs team was terrible. You know, what I mean, like in the yeah, final, and he was and he was but, carrying them. He was carrying them against Golden State, like yeah. literally carrying them against Golden State. Like you know, what I mean, like it was just right, him right. and it was LeBron and his sister support. Like that was it, and yeah. Yeah. and LeBron was literally carrying them. And like, how do you compare like other LeBron seasons? You know what I mean? That's kind of what I, I look at it like that. Y- y'all feel me a little bit? Nah, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, so, all right. So, uh, if we're going to talk about these, this uh, um, Kendrick, like, would you like Mr. Morale or Big Steppers if you had to choose? So, for me, I don't. Like you said, so, like you said earlier, it flows so endlessly. It doesn't feel like a quote unquote double album, double album. to yeah. me. It feels like one body of work. Yeah. In all honesty. And, and to your point, I, I like your point about how each song intentionally leads into the next and it tells and it keeps the story going. So for me, it's not as much about side A, side B. It's um which song stood out to me the most. Right. And Honestly, the three songs that stood out to me the most were the most, I think, three of the most personal songs. Father Time, Count Me Out, and Mirror. Mm, Mirror, yeah. I think those are my three favorite songs on the album. Yeah. Father Time, Count Me Out, and Mirror. Mm. All in, And maybe it's just because of, you know, what I've been through and how I relate to those songs they're so personal and they're so self-reflective yeah. and therapeutic and and in those songs i think out of out of all my listens i always go back to those three because they touch me the most yeah yeah or, or, um, what about what about you uh josh um i will probably give the nod to big steppers it's my favorite mm. um this but i also agree with what rob was saying i think it is definitely um it feels like it, it could have just been the 18 songs without him saying oh this is a double disc and it just would have it just would have flowed like how it was supposed to flow right um if i were to pick my favorite records um it will definitely it will be shit man she's it changes up. So I know Worldwide Steppers for sure is like, I thought that was a very interesting listen. Um, I really enjoyed um, Mother Eye Sober. Um, and the, the intro, United in Grief. Yeah. What's crazy is I heard a leak of United in Grief last year. Mm. <laughs> it like, it leaked. And I was like, oh shit. Well, if this is what we're to expect from this album. Hey, count me the fuck in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think those are like my top three. That's right. Oh, all oh, the saviors in there somewhere. Saviors, saviors um, to me is, is when I first heard it. I I I vacillate because I thought Savior was like the best song on mm-hmm. um, Mr. Morale. Um, or, and I was like, this is the song. But or, then or, now, or. and then I moved to to Mirror. Got you. And, got and, you no, it was. No, I'm you. sorry. It was. It was it was um, savior. Then it was count me out. Then it was Mister. Mi- then it was mirror. Mirror shit. Where where? Yeah. Um, five, 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 five. What about you, Ken? Um, 
for me, it's Father Time. No, I'm talking uh, about. Okay, so those. Okay, so you like. You like, oh, you talking about as far as you, so you like, I know, I like the whole thing. You like I like the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, I can't um, differentiate between the two in the sense of which one is better because it goes it goes in order. So, and for me, I listen to the whole thing all the way through. I'm not skipping. I listen to the whole thing yeah. because every time I listen to, it, I'm hearing something new. On every track, every time I listen, I hear a new verse. I hear a new, I hear, I hear a new bar that I go, "Damn, he did it there!" <laughs> Damn, <laughs> he did it there. Um, but for me, Father Time, Savior, the Savior, the interlude, and Savior the song. Um, and honestly. Probably Mr. Morale, uh, Mr. Morale Mirror. Yeah, Mr. Morale Mirror. Okay. Mr. Yeah, Morale is produced um, by Pharrell. Yeah. Yeah. I like, but let's talk about yeah, I, let's talk about Auntie Diaries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit. I feel like oh. it disturbs us if we don't address that that record. All right. So I'm gonna take on a position of somebody because I was talking to somebody who's an LGBTQI um, ally advocate and they have a problem with this record um so we were de- debating on it and i i i okay let me just talk about why i've what i like the record but i'm going to talk okay. about the position of why they why they did not like the record okay oh, okay okay so okay, okay. so i was, so was going to ask you to clarify why they didn't like it but okay no ahead. i like the record but i'm telling you what they so i like the record because it was ugly and it was honest yes. and it was his story and at the end of the day he still talks about how he got to the end of it where he chose humanity over religion and so he talked about acceptance and i felt right. like right. when people were criticizing him they missed the point of yeah he said he said some ugly words in there but he was also being honest like they were very ugly words and it was they're supposed to make you uncomfortable if you listen to that be like yeah 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 f f f f like you didn't that you you weren't meant for the song like that was supposed supposed to make you uneasy to listen to that shit. Like, it's a cringe ass song. It's cringy. It's supposed to make you cringe. Like ah. it's supposed to be right. Yeah, right. like I, if you're if you're not cringing, then and yes, and it was hurtful for those who were who actually who are identified in those groups. Like yo, man, that's a fucked up way to to um to. To, to, okay. to, to start off the song, but let me tell you why the person who was in who was opposed to it. Because he did a lot of misgendering, he kept saying my auntie's a man. I like you know, like so he kept misgendering. Oh, you know, okay. so that was a problem, and also the the gratuitous use of the f word. You know what I mean? Was okay. And okay. So that but that's was, all purposeful. Yeah, but I'm just telling you though, it was for those who are not they, they, and you have to understand. You can't you can't tell somebody who's affected somebody, by that. Like they shouldn't yeah. be offended by that. You know what I mean? I can't tell somebody how to feel. I get it. Right, yeah. Right. Okay, okay, I get it. All right, and and I think in a way Kendrick kind of knew that, but still, so it's just there's a there's like a nihilism about this album that he I don't think he really gave a fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. well, because it's he from told y'all he don't believe in cancel culture, so whatever. I don't believe in I don't believe <laughs> right. in cancel culture either. By the way, I, mean, I don't think it exists. That's I don't think it exists. That's a whole other podcast, yeah. a whole other day. Yeah, yeah. That's some mercy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it exists for certain people. Let me put it like that. Let's put word, it like that. Word, that's, word, you know, that's another. That's nothing. Something to 
I'm talking about. But anyway, and Cam. Yeah. So, like you said, to the Auntie Diaries track, um, I mean, I I respect the position from those in that community that may not care for it just because they don't like hearing those words. But take put t- and the misgendering and the misgendering. Yeah, and in that part, and that part. Put your the song is from his perspective in his shoes. Let's just be honest. I mean, we all, you know, 80s, 90s. The 90s, y'all? y'all the, the 90s? 90s? Yeah, yeah. The 90s? The F word was being thrown out mercilessly. Yeah. And he talks like, about that. He talks about being in junior yeah. high and middle school. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's right, and right, so right. when I hear that, when I heard him say that. I'm hearing him like this is what it was like in the 90s. Listen, like this is what this topic was like in in talking about it and how taboo it was and how how you know unempathetic we were to that community at this time. So yes, there were a lot of F-bombs being thrown out at this time. Hey, this is just me. This is my community. Right. Don't, you know. I'm not saying that this is how I and, and then I think if you really take you know take the anger out of it as the track closes out he talks about how he's grown and matured in his in his thought process in his vision of what that community is about because then he references his cousin yeah Demetrius is amazing Demetrius, Demetrius. Yeah. And, and and you get and you hear the acceptance in the understanding in that last verse he didn't when when he says my auntie is a man now and then when he got older he says demetrius is mary ann Ann now there you go yeah there There was no misgendering there he was calling from one to the other yeah that's anything if anything in one song he's showing from verse from the first verse to the third verse he's showing showing his growth and maturity on the subject matter Within his own family And if we're talking about uh, musicality of this song You think about the musicality You you hear how it, it grows in crescendo Towards the end of uh-huh. the song So mm-hmm. that's that's showing again It's giving you a, a audio cue of growth Because it keeps right, getting yeah. higher and higher and higher To where like the sound is growing bigger and bigger and bigger Which is to show that his viewpoint is bigger and bigger and bigger You know and he's even getting louder and louder and louder With his You know with his uh, viewpoint So like I, I feel like that w- everything was designed again, um, just for for us to make it feel comfortable. I don't want to say this too, man. Like, I listen to a lot of older songs. Like, I'm sure you guys too. Like, when li- listen to older hip hop records, when you hear mm-hmm. them say the f word, doesn't it make you cringe? Like, oh god, I forgot you said yeah, that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it does. Yeah, you like, like oh, it's like ah oh, shit. Like I was listening to some like common recently. Like like Water for Chocolate is one of my favorite albums. Right. And there's a record where he he said like you know room full of that word yeah, yeah. your name is mentioned and I was like oh uh, like the emphasis of it I yeah. was like my boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that just like, shows you the like, growth of where we're at because like before ten years ago we probably were like oh yeah now we're like yo I don't even want to hear that word yo that's a that's a really offensive word like you know what I mean like that's right, that's an ugly right. word. You know what I mean, and so I think that shows again the growth in, in society. Um, yo, this record goes so hard, Mr. Morale. This record goes so. Yeah. Yo, shout out, yeah. shout out for real, man. Yeah, 
Pharrell is a problem. Man. Yeah, this record goes so hard. Um, but yo, like so, like I said, I understand the controversy behind it. I feel like I'm gonna say this, man, because I know we're getting on 90 minutes, and I wanna. I feel like this album is gonna be album of the year, not not hip hop album. Of the year. I feel like it's gonna be up for album of the album year. of the year. Oh, no, he's winning Grammys. Award. He's winning award. This is this gotta be album of the year, the Grammys. But will they? I wonder if they'll give it to him because of the you know the f word and all that shit. Mm. Like I wonder, like I wonder, I wonder how yes. controversial it, it's gonna get. You know what I mean? He'll that he he has like best rap album out the out the out the out the gate. But um, I wonder. I think an album like this deserves to be album of the year for sure. Um, and I and I think it's a shame that like hip hop records like are 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 so like just look down. Uh, even when it comes to the Grammys, like fuck the Grammys, but like it's just crazy I know how you we mean, continue though. it. I know what you mean. It's like you know what it, I mean, it, like it's the last right. Yeah, the last album that won album of the year, uh, hip hop album. And it's only like it's few and far. But I think I think actually. It's, Outcast, I think they're the only it was ones. Outcast. It was Outcast, and that was two thousand. That's almost twenty years ago, and it's like it's it's crazy how great. Like you know, Tip and Butterfly should have won album of the year. The year that was, it was yeah. nominated, yeah. and like two thousand man, like yeah. didn't damn no damn didn't win album of the year. No, damn didn't win album of the year. Won rap album of the year. Yeah, you know that was a stacked lineup too. That was four forty four. Yeah. Damn, me- I think Layla's wisdom. From a rap city was in that shit. That's um, dope. That was a stack. That was a stack lineup. Um, but yeah, man, I, it definitely needs that. It needs that recognition, man, for real. But but at least at the very least, it's getting a recognition from us, though. You know what I'm saying? So, so my my boy Linda, I want to shout him out because I know he's gonna listen to this podcast intently. But um, he offered Word. this question like, how do you follow up? This is before the album dropped. How do you follow up and pull a surprise winning album? And course, to man. my answer. To that is you follow up a Pulitzer surprising winning album by looking internally you know because you can't it's hard to really you it's hard to you how do you you know grow your vision by something and without addressing something internally within your own your own life you know what i mean so i yeah, felt like right, that was right. this was the only direction he can go and once he he did this album and he freed himself of everything now he could like if he decides to put on more music which you know, I thought it was fast. This is really fast. I know we're going an hour and thirty minutes, but I, I don't know if you guys caught this. Um, this is like his last album on TDE. Did you guys right. notice? This reminded me of the Black Album in one way. Jay Z's Black Album. Jay Z never mentioned Rockefeller on any part of that Black Album. He does not that mention. Was. He does not mention TDE on at any all. part of this album. Yeah, no punch. At all. None, 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 right. No, 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 no schoolboy. No. Did ad, he mention? No did, did, did he mention TDE on the last album? On damn? no. Well, on damn. I think he did. Um, mention, yeah, he did. He mentioned Punch. He talked about Punch. He talked about yeah you know, on the last song. Yeah, he talked about them. On the, yeah, yeah. So like it Punch was Top Dog. Top yeah. Dog. Yeah. He so he he gives shout out to like you know what I mean he and he, and I think throughout the record he, throughout the album he 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 talks about different artists. You know what I mean? Um, you know. And so, like, this album was so devoid of TDE. Not even no TDE artist and no mention of TDE to the point where, I don't know, if, again, this is me looking at, I always look at the Petty. I noticed, like, six, seven hours after the album dropped, TDE put out, like, yo, check out the album, 
Kendrick Lamar or like he got the new album and then Punch like four or five hours finally put it on his Twitter like it was like it felt like it was not it, this was not a TDE project at all and it was very it clear wasn't. and from the very point from even they weren't promoting it like from the jump like their names are on the credit because that's his last album with them but so is uh is it KP Lane yeah, yeah PJ Lane PJ Lane yeah. yeah that's but as far as like yeah, there's no mention of, and maybe maybe I might have missed it through some of the lyrics, whatever. And when I go back and read it, because I like to read what they're saying, we might see it in there. But as far as hearing it, um, I've listened to the album like twelve yeah, times, bro. There's no, there's no mention of anything. TDD, like he's divorced himself from that. Go back and listen to the Black album, because I know people want to fact check me. I've 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 been sitting on this for like. Over two decades <laughs> Like listen to the Black Album There is no mention of Rockefeller Records It's his first Jay-Z album Where he doesn't mention it It's like yo this is like mm. crazy He doesn't mention Dame Dash and not, Except for the last song where he mentions Dame You know we did it like that's it But there's no like you know how There's no real There's no like actual like through the records Like yo I'm putting them on um, But I wonder though like On an album like this Well maybe in a way you know, you could probably sneak in, you know, but I'm just thinking if it's so vulnerable and personal, like how, I guess, how would you do that? You know, yeah, but, but he could, but they've been, he's been with them his whole career. I mean, he has yeah, he could yeah. spoke about. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it was crazy because up until I think maybe when the album came out, <laughs> I know Punch and um, Top Dog, they weren't really like posting about it they were, I'm not trying to be like that kind of guy but I, I, I remember recalling like dang like the hard part five came out and yeah. they didn't say nothing about you it you noticed that it's, too I noticed that too I was like yo they yeah. didn't even they didn't put it on their, on their socials and I was like yo that's crazy it's interesting you know they just talk about like, the only thing Punch mentioned again I'm this is me being I hate being that guy but the like, only thing Punch mentioned, like, I was you know I was, I was starting to wonder if y'all going like good music any, anymore that's the only thing he mentioned about the record like he didn't really talk about the record, the heart part five, go check it out. It was the only, uh, it was very ambiguous. PG Lang that put out, it was Kendrick Lamar and PG Lang. Those are the people that put out the record. And maybe that was an agreement between them. Like, you know, we want PG, you know, we don't want TDE to be, you, you guys are going to get paid off this album because it's an obligation, but this is going to be a PG Lang. Uh, right. In, and on the, um, on the, uh, like when you look at the, I think it's like, might be the, you know, you see that. I don't know what it's called. It might be the P line or the C line where it says PG Lane. It's like PG Lane, Top Dog, Interscope, Aftermath. Like, right. Yeah, <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of hands in this pot. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, I want to kind of, I guess, end it by, I guess, we, we didn't really do just about like what that Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma means. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, OK Llama is, um, it means my people. And it's from the Choctaw language. Um, and it's, you know, those who might be partially aware, the name is like derived from the Choctaw words of Okla, Okla, which means people, and and Hama, which means red. And um, if you look at the words, look up the words like OK, Okla in Choctaw dictionary, it's, and it says, you know, Okla. It says people, nation, group, community, citizens. And if you look at the word ma in Choctaw Dictionary, it's, it's the marker used for addressing someone or as in my lord. 
And so um, within the Choctaw translation of the Bible, the phrase Okla and Ma is frequently used when a poet or prophet is addressing God's people or on God's behalf, like it's in the case of like Israelites. Um, and so, you know, if you listen to the heart part five, the opening word or section of that particular um, the opening word, he says, he says, um, anyone ever listen, ever anyone who ever gave me a listen, all my people. So that's kind of like again the, the direct um, correlation between his name and Peachy Lang and what's the um, uh, just the where, level of intentionality, the, right where, there, the level like... of intentionality, yeah. Um, and so, um, and it's cool because when you, I remember when he first. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kamara. No, I, I was just thinking like when um you know when you, when you hear like okay okay llama it's like us like k lamar but k lamar oak lamar like oh lamar like i'm thinking like this might be like oh but then you, when you break it down and it's everything that you just broke down it's like oh man it's just a different level he's playing a different game than everybody he is playing a different <laughs> game yeah i'm gonna give i want you guys to give you your final thoughts on everything um i'm gonna start off with you josh since you're the first you, since you're the rookie, Word. The rookie <laughs> Word. Uh, give your final thoughts um, on just everything man. from the album of Kendrick and you know, man. To be real, man, all in all, I think Kendrick is probably the greatest of all time, mm. or it's it's one and one A or one A one B to me with like him and Hove at this point. Mm. Um, I think that um, this album in particular, you know, I think probably proved that or put a stamp on it. Um, even though I don't think he needed this one to do that, but I think him just kind of coming back and him like, like going back to like the, the the intention and the and just the the creativity and um, what he's trying to do, what he continues to do, and just how like he's just he's like he's like LeBron to me. Like if yeah. Hov is MJ, yeah. Kendrick is LeBron James. <laughs> like it's like. Is those two sitting at the top and everybody else is kind of just trying to get there. But like all in all, Mr. Brown, the big steppers, I'm a big fan. Um, I appreciate, you know, the messaging, um, the, the, the unpacking, the venting that was happening. And I think it's real good. It's just grown man records, you know? Yeah. And I think the vulnerability, you know, and how he's allowed me to uh, kind of look within myself and be like, like, I got some, I got some, uh, I got some things I need to take care of. You know what I'm saying? So shout out Kendrick, man. That's the goal right there. Man. Yeah. What about you, Ken? Uh overall, it is another great to phenomenal album in his uh discography. Um, there's only so many few artists or rappers out here who can say that every album that they have is like a hit or at least like great to good or good, great to exceptional. Um, Kendrick has proven that again, he's a master at what he does. It is a much needed record at this time because I've been listening to some other records and I'm just like, yeah, 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 I got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the rappers that put their that put their albums out before this came out, hey, good job, guys. Everybody, hey, thanks, else. man. You know, I, I seen Pusha say he had the album of the year, and I was like. You know, I love Pusha T, but then, no, and I love that yeah. album too. The it's almost dry, but 
Doc came through, and I was like, man. I, but I knew Doc. Was, I was like, that, that's that's nice, Pusha T. I, I appreciate that you feel that way. I, I respect it. It's gonna get. It's we gonna be in a run for a hip hop for um for hip hop album. But this, yeah, this yeah, is not. Sure. It's not. No, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to kill your vibe. Again. I'm sorry. <laughs> not, not. No, 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 no. But everybody. So again, everybody else is about to drop my album. Hey, good luck. Um, much respect to you. Just remember what's going to happen is people are going to compare your album to this album and they're going to be like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Do better, guys. But overall, it's a great album. I'm happy. Again, it's a heavy listen. I won't be listening to it in rotation every day. I just got to pick my spots when I need to listen to it because there's a lot. But it's it's amazing. I love it. So I appreciate you, Kendrick, for bringing this one out again. Yeah. Rob. Cam and I mentioned... Um, this is the most anticipated album in the past decade. No other album have we waited so long, got nothing from it, very little from him until literally A week before, five days yeah. before right. <laughs> with the heart. Right. And right. got so, and so the anticipation for this album. I, I cannot remember in recent memory like so much waiting to hear what we were going to get. I know I'm very critical of Kendrick and I said that this is a good, very good album and it is. Um, I think just like um, Pimp a Butterfly, it will grow on me over time. Yeah. Or it is another album, just like To Pimp a Butterfly, that will be studied yes. for decades, in like for years and years to come. College professors will add this to their curriculum. Yeah. They will study philosophy professors, you know, will study Fucking this. Psychology professors. Psychology, now, right? exactly. Therapy. So for that, I say thank you, Kendrick. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do for the culture. I appreciate the conversations that you start. And I appreciate all the bodies of work, um, regardless of, you know, how much I listen to it or not. I appreciate everybody of work that he puts out. Thank you. So, uh, Josh, since you knew around here, I'd like to end it on a, a letter for black culture. So, you know, dear black culture, we just had an album that for some was supposed to be a culturally defining album. Did it meet the expectation of those expecting such a thing? Maybe, maybe not. What I will say is that the album, if listened to appropriately, was supposed to provide a roadmap of self-reflection. So rather than an album that did an outward evaluation of where society is, he turned the lens inward and provided a look at self, which honestly if we do that as a whole collectively or individually, when we do that, there's a good chance we won't like what we find, which maybe is the entire point of the album. Uh, because how can someone grow if we are not willing to have the hard, uncomfortable conversations that this album may or may not have been uh, destined to do? It may not be what we were expecting, but honestly, it's probably what we needed. What had a lot of Kendrick fans excited about this album drop is that we get to have an album that we get to pour over and discuss. Uh, you know, hip hop used to be an art form that allowed someone to absorb and fall deeply into it. But as of late, 
you know, as of late though, especially in the last few years, there really hasn't been a body of music to sit with, interpret, uh, think about, and become enthralled in. Um, in this society, it's so weird because we often are so used to consuming things in a very convenient manner. Our politics, our history, you know, our, you know, uh, um, therapy, like everything. TikTok has really destroyed how we process information. Even Twitter. I know we just mentioned Twitter, but like how we we're such we're so easy. We're so easily influenced by the by the easily consumable. And I feel like this album goes directly in directly in the face of that. It's not supposed to be easily consumed. When my friend said they didn't like the album, I said, that's great. Because honestly, sometimes it's good not to like something in the beginning. Or not to like it at all. But what art should do, art should give you an emotion. It should, you shouldn't listen to something art. You shouldn't watch something art. You shouldn't read something and be like, I have no feeling from this. You should generate a feeling. And for me, I wanted people to generate a feeling off this album. and Because I, I think it's supposed to des- design to do that. And I think that's the earmark of greatness, when it can generate a feeling. And when you can look at that feeling and you can actually maybe even take that and look internally, I think that's beautiful. And so with that being said, I know it's weirdly enough, we ended on the song Mirrors. So, uh, you know, we right before I I paused it because I didn't want to play this song until we got to the ending. And so I think it's the appropriate song. And because I feel like this this song not only encapsulates um, the entire album, but the entire purpose of what it was supposed to do. So with that being said, thank you all for listening to Uncultured Bias Podcast. And we going Right out. I choose me. So low.